travellers and welcome to podcast 93 in our series You Should Have Been There with me Simon Calder and me Mick Webb. Now this week we're going to be talking about Christmas getaways, the ones we've had and ones we might have. So thanks to everyone who got in touch. We'll uh, we'll be hearing your words a little later. But first we need to hear from the man whose whole year is composed of getaways. Where are you today Simon? Oh, if only, Mick, if only. Um, I'm in a hotel room in Orlando, Florida, uh, so five hours behind you, pretty much as always when we're walking, it's normally like that. Um, I'm surrounded by, well, pillows and duvets, basically, in order to try to improve the sound quality. And I'm feeling a little sleepy because... Well, I, I had a bit of a sort of troubled weekend. Um, I've been unfortunate enough to um, have been listening to the Downing Street press conference, which took place on Saturday evening and spending most of the time since then trying to make up, make understand what it means, when it's starting, etc. But basically, if you are hoping for a Christmas getaway this Christmas, um, the travel gods are not necessarily on your side right now. So it really is a case of uh, of watching this space, is it, or listening to this space? What we do know is that um, from 4am on Tuesday, the 30th of November, all arrivals to the UK have a PCR test booked, not the lateral flow one. They probably booked weeks ago at a relatively cheap rate. This is a more expensive test. And furthermore, you're going to want to get it, get, to get it done in a hurry. That's because... You also have to self-isolate until you get a negative test result. So effectively, it's putting um, uh, 50, maybe 100 pounds on the cost of uh, a trip per person. For instance, when I get back, I'm looking at spending over 100 pounds on a test at Heathrow Airport so I can basically go and sit outside um, for an hour, hopefully, till I get the result and then um, I'm free to go. But uh, it's very messy. And along with that, uh, Spain announced, and normally in normal times, this would be the biggest thing of the year. They've said that um, if you're unvaccinated and you're over 12, 12 or over, then you're not coming in, which obviously is throwing lots of family plans into uh Well, on to happier matters and your trip earlier this week to the northeast of England. Yes, this was to the fine town of Morpeth. And I went there because of a new train called Lumo. And this will take you, if you live in uh, Edinburgh, if you live in Newcastle, non-stop to Morpeth for a very low fare. And it also runs from London. And so therefore, well, I claim it is the um, uh, furthest medium-sized market town um, that's only one stop from London, if you see what I mean, about 300 miles north. And having stepped off the train, I wandered into the town, which, by the way, is a bit of a hike from uh, uh, the centre, but I was happy to bump into Norma and Lizzie. What do you think about being the best connected small market town in northern england with london because you are thanks to these new oh, trains yes, you are so. one really? stop yeah, three hours perfect, you can you can it? be in london is that the lumo train it is yes, yes have yes. you been on it yet no i haven't been on it but i thought i'd um, google it and because it looks very interesting well it is and mm. you can be in london in no time at all you bring your wonderful dogs oh, yes. yes um and, and they, they are very nice jack russell and a shih tzu there 
Um, now, can I ask, do you have anything to rant about? Because we are in Morpeth. The Morpeth Rant is a famous um, uh, folk tune on the fiddle. You may know it. Um, but on the other hand, here we are in, the, um, in 2021. You might have something to rant about. No, I'm very happy with everything in Morpeth. I've got nothing to rant about at all. Lots of independent shops, pretty shops. Beautiful Christmas decorations this year. I hope you've they noticed. They are. I've, I've been very impressed. Absolutely delightful. Yes. Free parking. Right, I haven't got a car. Yeah. Did sure I have brought one? No. Okay. The Christmas not. markets, they were on at the weekend and they were lovely. Oh. Our Christmas market was lovely. Okay, so you're making it sound as though nobody would ever go anywhere else for a, for a holiday. I you come to Morpeth for a holiday. You something. Got wonderful in the summer, it is a very, very busy town. The park and the river and that are absolutely packed with families. Well, Morpeth sounds lovely. I, I don't think I've ever been there, although I have actually heard the uh, uh, the Morpeth rant. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, quite enough um, uh, of ranting, which is a um, uh, a dance actually. Um, Similar to a jig and slower than a reel, but it's uh, danced. It, it, its uh, origins are the northeast of England and, and Scotland. And, but of course, rants um, around here, well, certainly I can think if you asked someone around Streatham uh, for a rant, I think there'd be a few things um, parking, uh, noisy neighbours, uh, too much building going on oh i don't know you know <laughs> and the travel world is is full of tirades rants at the moment uh, aimed well variously at uh, at our government at uh, testing companies which are now making even more money than even they thought possible because the tests that everyone had ordered now useless um read the terms and conditions no refunds oh but you'd like to buy another one that will be 500 pounds for a family of four so um the, the old rant that there. Well, I'm glad to say that uh, one of our regular um, correspondents, Rebecca Halpern, uh, has been in touch uh, and she has anything but a rant to um, tell us about. It's a fond memory. So this is what she says. Hello, your latest podcast, that was last week's, uh, brought back memories of a trip down to Buffalo when I was staying with family in Toronto. It was my first time in the States and at a gift shop next to Niagara Falls. It was confusing to find that the prices were exclusive of sales tax, which was then added at the checkout. We stayed in a Holiday Inn, which had the novelty of an ice-making machine in the corridor, something I've yet to find anywhere else in the world. However, my most lasting memory is of my uncle driving us around the city and seeing the spectacular buildings, in particular Buffalo City Hall, whilst the car sound system played the song Mr Sandman. This was a particular favourite, it would seem, as it had been played many times during our journey. And to this day, if I hear that song, I am instantly transported back to the site of that wonderful Art Deco building. Did you see the Buffalo City Hall while you were there? I did. Look, I'd heard a great deal about Buffalo's architecture and I was really looking forward to it. And there are some beautiful uh, 19th century, early 20th century buildings. Um, but as a whole, it's a bit like so many American cities, the centre, uh, you know, the, the, the heart of it has somehow been lost and it doesn't feel a particularly human place. Um, 
Talking of um, humans, another one, MZ1864 has been in touch. Um, if you remember, we um, we, uh, we uh, helped um, answer a, a travel query for him last week, and we were intrigued by his username and what it meant. And he says, there isn't much significance in the username, I'm afraid. It harks back to being unsure about using my name on the internet. Yes, fair enough. The 1864 isn't a year although it might mean something if you're a fan of Star Trek. Well, as a great fan of uh, Wikipedia, I looked this up and discovered that uh, the 1864, in fact, refers to its the um, uh, registration number of a, of a ship, uh, a starship, of course, called the USS Reliant, uh, NCC-1864 um, <laughs> to you, um, which was a federal... <laughs> I, I was just going to say, that's no relation of the Robin Reliant, is it? The three-wheeled car? <laughs> well, I'm not sure that would have got quite as far as this one did in space. Um, it was a This was a Federation Miranda-class medium cruiser and, and was in service in the uh, Starfleet until the 23rd century. And 1864 seems to me about the last year that you could travel to southern Africa without uh, a whole list of regulations. Of course, we've now got 10 countries in that wonderful part of the world back on the red list, which we thought was dormant, but it certainly isn't. And as from 4am on Sunday morning, people arriving from South Africa or its neighbours are in, uh, unfortunately, hotel quarantine on Isolation Row at Heath Row. Well, my role today is to be the um, the good cop, and uh, I'm going to um, <laughs> tell you something which you might have missed as you uh, whizzed to Orlando, and uh, I presume you've been going uh, round on some um, great rides, have you? Uh, not yet, not yet. I've been um, exploring the downtown area and all the suburbs, which are far more intriguing and and rich in in kind of cultural. Uh, wealth and also great places to eat and drink than you might have thought. Uh, particularly, there's a beautiful uh, Vietnamese quarter where, my goodness me, I had my lunch in Little Saigon. And it took me straight back to, well, Nam, as they call it. Oh, well, that sounds fun. Um, I'm going to give you my uh, uplifting piece of news now, which was that uh, uh, earlier this week, an explorer called Lucy Shepherd from Suffolk um, successfully completed a 253 mile or 407 kilometers trek across the Amazon's Kanuku Mountains. Uh, saying it was a dangerous but unimaginably rewarding journey. Uh, it took Lucy and her team 50 days to complete the east to west journey through the wild terrain. Um, she said she came face to face with deadly snakes, swarms of wasps, and had to climb a tree to escape a 500 strong herd of wild boars. And count them as well. I guess if you're on a tree, you could you, you could count them, yes. Yeah, good for her, yeah. Um, I'm exhausted but elated, she said, and um, she took on the challenge in the hope of highlighting the ongoing uh, deforestation of the Amazon and the need to protect wildlife areas. And I must say that uh, her her, um, her exploration, her journey does make our own um, effort to get across the uh, Darien jungle a bit puny. Uh, Yes, although I do recall that when I travelled there with you, there was indeed a wild boar 
accompanying me. I take offence at being called wild, but um, there are also quite a lot of, um, of of wild and very dangerous paramilitaries, guerrillas and smugglers of various kinds who we had to contend with. But um, uh, I have been on my own expedition this week and you have to decide if it matches Lucy's. Here are some sounds I recorded along the way. I'll play them to you uh, to give you a clue. Very good leaves. Some kind of maple. That sounds, Mick, the epitome of a rural English idyll. Is that right? Yeah, I suppose it was in in a very um, uh, suburban way because uh, the idea was to uh, uh, drive for 15 minutes, and that was all, and then park and then walk through as many green spaces as possible in the very unlikely setting of Norwood, uh, southeast London. And there's almost a linked chain of um, uh, woods, uh, parks, uh, recreation grounds. There's a railway park, something called Brickfields Meadows. Really good fun, actually. There was an objective um, to our uh, expedition, um, and the we was uh, my partner Steph and I, um, and uh, that was to discover the source of a mighty river, not the Amazon, not the Nile, um, but Norbury Brook, which makes its way often in concrete culverts and often underground to a bridge over the A23, our favourite road between um, London and Brighton, uh, where it changes its name to the River Graveney, but in every other way is uh, perfectly much the same, and eventually <laughs> finds its way to the even mightier River Wandle, and then, um, and then out to the Thames. You're putting Lucy Shepherd's Trans-Amazonian Expedition, I think, to shame. This is sounding uh, uh, an astonishing journey. So I can't wait to hear where Norbury Brook actually rises. Well, we seem to have reached our goal, the source of the mighty Norbury Brook. Not that you can see anything, um, because it has all been built over and concreted over. But according to um, the great former singer of the undertones, Fergal Sharkey, who is now a campaigner for cleaner rivers, amongst other things. This is where, in the 19th century, a map that he found showed the, uh, the brook rising from some kind of spring. Um, at the, these days, I would say uh, it is an unremarkable street in... Um, the outskirts of Croydon, a place called Addiscombe. It's a road called Grant Road, but I won't give away the number so as not to subject the residents to hordes of intrepid explorers coming in our footsteps and in the footsteps of Fergal Sharkey to discover the source of Norbury Brook. 
Well, uh, thanks again to Fergal Sharkey for that uh, tip. Um, we did think about going and knocking on the door of the house in question and asking the uh, the residents if we could examine the cellar for traces of uh, Norbury Brook, but uh, decided against it. Uh, no, I don't blame you. Uh, uh, well, meanwhile, talking of great journeys, uh, I've been uh, looking at the uh, Transbutan Trail, which is going to be launching in March next year. Very exciting Himalayan journey. I got in touch with um, our good friend on You Should Have Been There, Graham Hoyland, and said if he knew it. And he said, uh, no, uh, well, I've been on parts of it and it is strongly to be recommended. But uh, then we started talking about the um, Trans-Rutland Traverse, which he said was a fantastic journey, but he wasn't sure what you'd do in the afternoon. And um, he also clarified that the Rutland Way is something else involving, and I'm quoting him here, involving doing surprising things with livestock. Quite enough there, I think. (laughs) He is from Rutland, by the way, so he can say these things. Thank goodness for that. Uh, It must almost be time to um, get on with the main (laughs) topic of our podcast, which is uh, Christmas getaways. Uh, And um, well, we've we've discussed whether or not they're under threat. So uh, let's hear um, what our listeners have to say. Yes, Rebecca is saying that she's got no festive adventures. Most exotic place she's ever been to for Christmas is Worthing in um, West Sussex. Uh, exotic and Worthing are rarely found in the uh, in the same sentence. Well, Ed DeBay's uh, went further afield. Christmas trip to Oz didn't start well with a flight cancellation. But eventually, given an alternative and upgraded to business class. Cheers, Santa. (laughs) And Ed very kindly also sent us a picture of the uh, check-in with flight cancelled, flight cancelled. But since he appears to have been going non-stop from Dubai to Sydney, then business class rather than economy is strongly to be recommended. Um, Tim has um, uh, an interesting... um, line here he says i love the idea of going away for christmas the wife however prefers the family christmas at home as with every marriage we try to strike a balance so of course we've always spent christmas at home (laughs) that sounds a lot more relaxed than um, phoebe smith's 2019 christmas this was spent enduring note the verb there a 40-day walk across britain for charity wild camping my way down the country with my teammate at Dwayne Fields in an Antarctic-style expedition. Well, and I wonder if it took in uh, Rutland along the way. Um, (laughs) Mrs Trellis, me... (laughs) Sorry, I... Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Given the historic origins of Christmas Day, I think it's fair to say that Mrs Trellis carries off the prize. She says, yes... Been to Bethlehem on Christmas Day via Haifa and Jerusalem. We had to smuggle family Christmas presents on board the cruise ship from our Cyprus villa. Most mysterious. Do you ever go away for Christmases? Oh, yes. I love being away for Christmas because, um, as you will know, it's my birthday. And therefore, being in an exotic place adds to the um, whole charm of it. And uh, also, I love traveling on Christmas Day because the um, airports tend to be emptier. The planes certainly are emptier. The excellent cabin crew, even though they're having to work on Christmas Day, are generally in a, a, a chipper mood. And it's all a very 
good antidote to the uh, normal rigors of traveling. Um, so I've flown out, for example, via um, uh, via uh, Switzerland to um, uh, Cape Town overnight on Christmas Day. That was a very good way to spend it. Uh, well, you won't be doing that this year. Certainly not. Switzerland um, has put the UK on the must quarantine list, of course, because of the Omicron variant. And about uh, six or seven years ago, I actually set off to climb Aconcagua, the highest mountain outside uh, the Himalayas on Christmas Day. I finally reached the top about two and a half weeks later, but uh, it was very uh, exciting. I spent a lovely normal Christmas. Then I uh, hopped on the bus from Victoria Coach Station to Heathrow and then overnight on a plane to Buenos Aires. And goodness me, swapping midwinter in the UK for midsummer in South America was just marvellous. Although, of course, the closer I got to the top of the mountain, the more it felt like midwinter. <laughs> well, I've, I've really only had a couple of... Uh proper Christmas days away, I think, or ones that I can remember. And they are um, uh, very different um, uh, experiences. One was in a cottage on a farm on Bodmin Moor for some uh, unknown reason. And um, we uh, didn't realise that uh, the only kitchen um, appliance was a microwave oven. So um, our Christmas lunch um, was a baked potato, um, rather badly microwaved. And I presume we must have had cold turkey slices or something, because I don't think we'd have ever managed to cook it in in, uh, in there. Um, but a much better one was um, in Barcelona. Um, and I remember eating a wonderful paella um, outside in my shirt sleeves in the lovely um, port area of uh, Barceloneta. How gorgeous. And, of course, a reminder that it's only really the UK that shuts down completely on Christmas Day. In much of the rest of um, Europe, public transport is still running, not quite necessarily as normal, but it's still having a, a, a bit of a go and you can generally get around. And some of uh, the great... Art museums are not just open, but they are absolutely at their best because there's hardly any other visitors. So the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam is an absolute favourite and the fantastic new depot, this uh, great uh, collection of, of archives in Rotterdam. That's also going to be opening for the first time on Christmas Day. So if you are prepared to cope with the stress, the bureaucracy, the anxiety of getting away, you, I hope, will have a lovely Christmas day in an exciting part of the world. Now, I've got um, one tip um, for um, people wanting to go somewhere where the sea is warm enough to um, get into and uh, even swim about in um, over Christmas. Uh, there's a very good website called seatemperature.org. <laughs> Ah. And uh, you can you can discover the average, obviously, the average temperatures for um, pretty well any um, any stretch of uh, coastline you care to look for in the world um, at uh, any particular time of year. As far as I can remember, uh, the warmest sea in what we could call uh, Europe is, um, you won't be surprised to hear, uh, around the um, the Canary Islands, particularly the south of 
Tenerife, I think. Uh, and the Cape Verde Islands are, I think, even warmer. But uh, don't quote me on that one. Just have a look at seatemperature.org. Loads of fun. I certainly will do. Um, I have been swimming on Christmas Day in uh, beautiful Phuket. I had a lovely day where um, it didn't sort of seem to have, this of course is in a largely Buddhist country, Thailand. Um, there didn't seem to be much sort of celebration, but I was very happy to to travel across to the island of Kopipi and then onward from there to Krabi, um, where I did actually stumble into a restaurant where they were having the most magnificent Christmas. Christmas Day and discovered that actually a number of Thai people know more words to more carols than I do. Um, <laughs> and uh, also a, a quick tip if you want, to, and this almost goes back to the, um, uh, the, the, the update upgrade story that we heard from Ed. Um, this is the most marvellous tip I've heard. If you are flying on Christmas Day itself, um, uh, my friend Christine uh, wrapped up a box of chocolates um, boarded the plane, said to the cabin crew who were waiting to greet her on, I think it was a flight to Canada. Um, so sorry you're having to work today. I've, I've just brought you a small present to uh, make up for it. And you can imagine this was not, oh, do you know who I am? Please give me an upgrade. It was um, a really nice, thoughtful gift. And immediately she was whisked off to, um, I imagine, seat 1A. So you might want to try that. Although these days, of course, you have to bear in mind the security rules, which says that Christmas presents should not be wrapped. Anyway, good luck with that one. <laughs> um, I've got one Christmas swimming um, anecdote, uh, although this was Boxing Day uh, and it was on the uh, Isle of Wight. Um, Steph and I and a friend of ours called Graham very foolishly went swimming um, for a bet. Um, and uh, we did get into the icy water and we did come out out again um looking extremely um blue and um and really quite close to death uh and um rather hilariously uh the whole episode was uh was snapped by another friend called Paul who was a bit of a whiz he was a, a, a lecturer in photography and he was a bit of a whiz with photoshop and he then um photoshopped our um blue shivering um bodies onto a um a caribbean <laughs> background with <laughs> white sand and and uh, uh and and uh, you know the old azure sky and uh, turquoise water which was um quite funny uh, well, I'm just looking at sea uh, temperature dot org, um, and I've actually found. Can you believe Sandown? Uh, the average temperature on, uh, 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 and I'm just checking through this to have a look and see what the uh, the average temperature will be. Um, around about oh, here we are. Here we are. Boxing Day. Um, yeah, you're looking at um, around um, uh, the very low fifties. Uh, Fahrenheit so that's barely 10 Celsius degrees above freezing and they even have a, a useful graph to show you that the temperature slides even further down to its its nadir which is in uh, February so um, uh, I don't recommend for you and lovely Steph a Valentine's Day swim that would be even worse. <laughs> so it could have been worse gosh hard to imagine um anyway i think that's probably about uh, it for this week of course we'd love to hear about your low temperature or indeed high temperature swimming exploits all you need to do is tweet us at you should have bt or you can leave us a voice message which we love just go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and follow the instructions about how to do it 
Yeah, and um, it also occurs to me that if anybody's got a um, a sound effect, a sound recording, like my um, uh, trickling uh, streams uh, in southeast London, which kind of uh, summarizes, encapsulates a particular journey, then you could uh, you could uh, send that as well to the uh, anchor.fm address. But uh, for now, from uh, me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder, here in Orlando, Florida. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.